inspired by a galaxy far, far away, you're listening to Force Fan Podcast. Ketri. Adrian Miza. Do you realize that this time next week... <laughs> I'm going to be dead? Everybody's going to be dead. We're all going to be dead. We're going to be dead. Because... We're going to be mourning. And Disney Plus, the Disney Plus servers are going to be going haywire. <laughs> Freaking crazy. Yeah, in less than a week, we'll have reached the official, the really real final finale of the Clone Wars. Forever, maybe. Uh Forever. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't put it past Dave Filoni to have something else up his sleeve. No, the Clone Wars need to end. We, we... Oh, we gotta move on. We gotta move on. Oh, I am gonna be a blubbering mess. I'm so... So not ready. How did, like, 12 weeks go by so quickly? I don't understand. The coronavirus has a social temporal effect on society. (laughs) One month, it slows it down to 12 years. And the next month, it speeds it up to 12 minutes. Yes, I think you're absolutely correct. (laughs) Not being a physicist, (laughs) I'm sure that's how it goes. No, no, this is is fact. This is, I'm, (laughs) I'm just spitting it straight right now. This is what's happening. Yeah. So we're cur- yes, we're currently less than a week away from the finale of the Clone Wars and I personally I I guess I'm both glad and sad that they decided to move up the finale to May the 4th. Glad that we don't have to wait a whole week oh, because yeah. I think that would be absolute torture. <laughs> But then also a little bit sad cuz that means it's just ending all the sooner, but Still looking forward to it. And I'm worried. And even though I know what's going to happen, I have like this giant ball of tension, like sitting in my stomach, giving me anxiety about (laughs) a cartoon show (laughs) that hasn't even aired yet. So that's where we are right now. (laughs) That's where I am right now. That's where a lot of us are right now. We're just counting down the the hours and minutes to the next episode, which we know is going to be... The big one. We're gonna see a lot of lot of stuff go down in this in this next episode, and it's gonna be yeah. stuff we've seen before, but from a well, new perspective. Well, I wonder. I wonder if we are though, because and so we've obviously not seen the episode. We've got two days to go. Um, the episode, the third episode, is called Shattered, and I almost wonder if. Things are going to calm down a little bit, and then all hell is going to break loose at, like, the very end of the episode. That's almost like I would put money on that. Like, I will buy you a comic if I'll take that bet. If that happens. Order 66 is going to go down closer to the middle of the episode, not the you end. You think so? Hmm. I mean, you might be right. I, yeah, I don't know. What I want to ask ask you, though, is do you think the clones yes. are going to turn on Ahsoka? I mean, technically, she's not a Jedi, but everyone still sees her as a Jedi. So I'm wondering I... what, the technica- what the wiggle room there is with the, with well, the ship in their brains. Well, she's a force wielder with lightsabers uh-huh. and a ship full, theoretically. I mean, I think I think what we've seen from the clip, like, she's she's on one of the Republic cruisers, you know? So 
she's on a ship, a Republic ship, surrounded by clone troopers. That are all saluting her and smiling at her. So you know they're going to try to kill her almost immediately. Yeah. So my personal my personal feeling is that Order sixty six gonna is gonna go down, and Ahsoka, Rex, and Maul are gonna have to work together because you've got Ooh, Ahsoka and Maul who are both. I mean, technically Maul is a bad guy, although I would say he's more kind of in the middle. But um, you know, but he's also a Force wielder. And even though he's not a Jedi, he might be perceived as a threat. So part of me thinks they'll be gunning for both of them because they're both there. Never even considered Maul's presence on the ship during that. That's interesting, Kat. I like that. Assuming he is on the ship. Well, I mean, she's supposed to be taking him back, right? Right. I mean, yes, I guess we don't actually know if he is. He could escape right at the last second or in the middle of it. I don't know. Like you said earlier, we haven't seen the episode. We're just shooting the spice right now, talking about it. But (laughs) Yeah, wow. But I really like that uh, train of thought there. It would be cool to see them team up again, get one more fantastic little lightsaber type of Mm-hmm. action before everything. but this time they have to work together instead of against each other yeah you know last week was the little fates this week it'll mm-hmm. be a uh, snoke's throne room do it yeah <laughs> we'll span the entirety of the star wars saga in lightsaber battles do it speaking of lightsaber battles before we get into like the news uh, we want to talk about and the actual book club which we're this is the main point of the episode can we talk (laughs) about the lightsaber battle real quick obviously we'll go over this in more detail when we do the whole arc episode but my god holy crap is what i have to say about that that was so beautiful um watching it on my giant tv screen i mean it literally was like movie quality it was gorgeous and i love that we got a little behind the scenes snippet um that came out this week um with dave filoni talking about ray park and laura mary kim who was the stunt woman that performed ahsoka's moves um that was really cool to see yeah no that lightsaber battle maybe one of my favorite ever i (laughs) i mean so like like i mentioned in the chat in our chat thread right watching that i was like this is this feels different from all the lightsaber battles we've seen before Mm -hmm. this feels a lot more grounded a lot more real like there's heft to their movement there's weight to their movement it's like why why is it like this it's a little slower but not less intense Yes, yeah. I mean, I definitely the fact that it was mocap right. means it it's not quite as acrobatic and flashy as some of the other like animated battles that we've seen because obviously the real people can't necessarily do <laughs> that. Right, the real people actually that. they weigh something yeah. and when they hit yes, something yeah, they, can't when they hit a pool against air. another pool, there's going to yeah. be some pushback and, you know, physics and this and that. Whereas in the yeah the previous Clone Wars uh, lightsaber battles we've seen, it's very lightweight. It's very quick and possibly quick. And I mean that's fine. It's it's a stylized uh, uh, animation, right? So like, I've always bought it that way. Yes. But like when I think about battles like with Maul and Savage versus Obi Wan in the Pirate Den, and Obi Wan is just doing like these impossible movements. That I mean they look cool, but I'm like come on, how would you do that with an actor? You don't. Yeah. To suddenly have a battle like this, 
in the Clone Wars that feels like this. I'm just like, wow, well, well done. You surprised I was taken aback, and I love it. I just keep watching that fight over and over again when it pops up it's on my thread. so good. And then the fact that somebody went back and redubbed it with Duel of the Fates on top of it, <laughs> which you can find floating around Twitter and other places on the internet. Um, <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so good. Just so It was so great. Good. No, that, and I was really... I mean, I remember at Celebration last year when they revealed that Ray Park had come back to be um, to mocap Darth Maul for that scene. And, um, you know, we got I think there was like a little snippet of the battle, like just a little tiny bit of it. But finally being able to see the full thing. I mean, you're totally right. It felt way more grounded Um and I guess more realistic in that sense, but it was so cool. It looked gorgeous. I loved it. That whole throne room scene. Well, I don't know. Star Wars and throne room scenes, like, you can't go wrong. <laughs> they're, they're always good. <laughs> Especially the ones so, where someone puts their hand out to the main character asking them to join them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was that yeah when we talk about this whole arc i mean we're gonna have to spend like 20 minutes just talking about that scene because i swear that whole that whole bit is just so beautifully done and like if this is what we had to wait so many years for it's so worth it so Um, worth it and you know this i don't know if you watch that behind the scenes snippet um with dave filoni talking about the fight but in that behind the scenes clip, he talks about, you know, they really wanted to do this right. And, you know, this is kind of like, the, I mean, this is the pinnacle. This is the end. This is everything that they've worked for. And, you know, they they want to make sure it was it was done right. And I think you can really see all of the care um, and that the, just the fact that, like, the animation has also moved so far so far forward and it's just stunning. Um, so I, you know, hey, some things work out in our favor. It's like, <laughs> yes, we've had to wait a long time, and especially for fans that watch the Clone Wars starting back in two thousand eight with the movie. And it's like, but it's it's worth it, you know. Yes, <laughs> you had to wait twelve years, but like, what you're getting now is so so much more beautiful than what we would have gotten if we had actually gotten this in the end. So, and I got to say, I'm sorry to the Ahsoka novel. I mean, (laughs) the flashbacks were cool and all there, but I wonder, a part of me wonders if, (laughs) if like maybe they might like go back and like make a new edition. They won't, but do um, they? I was actually meaning to ask you if like the older movie novelizations, if they've been updated in any way. No, no, no. I mean, for one, I think the movie novelizations are never actually considered canon because the authors are usually working off of a script and maybe they've seen like some cuts of the movie. But usually I think it's just the script. And so the authors are trying to, you know, imbue from the script when they might not have any visuals and they're trying to put their own you know they are putting their own spin on that without kind of having the the visual cues or the music to help guide you know emotionally what might be happening and so 
to my knowledge, they've never gone back and rewritten a novelization um, or edited a novelization like that. I mean, you have things like in the TFA novelization, because it was based on an earlier version of the script, you have Poe meeting Ray mm-hmm. in the TFA novelization, but they don't. we don't ever actually see them on screen together until... The Last Jedi. I almost said Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Not, Same no. Thing. no time. No time travel. <laughs> um, so, you know, so there's little stuff like that that basically they're like, well, yeah, that didn't actually happen because it wasn't on screen. So um, treat the Ahsoka and, novel flashbacks as a movie novelization of the Siege of yeah. Mandalorian Clone Wars. Well, and I think that just reflects, you know, so this... Um, the Ahsoka novel was written in 2016, and obviously books go through a long process. Like it was written sometime before that, and then edited, and you know, finally published. You know, that's that's not a short process in and of itself. So you have to think there was probably about a year. So when the you know Ahsoka novel was actually written in like 2015, published in 2016. I don't know that for a fact. I'm just speculating. But for the sake then, of the argument, that's that's what happened. And then, and then you had, I think it was in 2017, the at Orlando, or maybe it was in Europe. I can't remember. At one of the Star Wars celebrations that I did not go to, um, <laughs> and I've only been to one, so you know, they're like, you, you really had to specify that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't be. Well, it was it was one that I didn't go to. Weird, which is weird pretty flex, much all bro. Of them. Weird flex. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's whatever (laughs) uh wednesday i don't know um so but there was dave filoni did a a panel about ahsoka and actually went into some details about um the siege of mandalore and ahsoka and rex and um and I think it it just goes to show that even even though Dave has always wanted to tell this story, it's definitely evolved over time. You know, what we're seeing now was probably not initially what they had, you know, maybe oh, what no, they had initially envisioned was a lot closer to what's in the Ahsoka novel. But what we're getting right now is clearly things have evolved and how they wanted to portray things. And, you know, honestly, I'm totally fine with that. Like, I like the Ahsoka novel. It's enjoyable. I like the flashbacks. I can still read it and enjoy it. I don't really care that they've changed because I figured, you know, it, in from my own personal stance when they announced that they were doing this and we were finally going to see the siege of Mandalore, I didn't expect that it was going to stay the same anyway. And so I think if there are people that are getting bent out of shape about that, (laughs) take a deep breath. It's just a book. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Life will go on. (laughs) Um, But you know, so, but so I don't really care. Uh, is is that's the very long way TLDR. What we're getting um, right now is the outcome of the wisdom collected over the course of six seasons of one show and four seasons of another show. Yes, yeah. So obviously, even, it's going to be and even more mature two seasons of yeah. Um, even the two seasons of Resistance, not that any of those characters are here, but just I think the people that were working, some of the people that worked on that show were also involved working on the Clone Wars. So I totally I forgot Resistance somewhere. existed for like <laughs> a quick there. Ouch, ouch. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, so, you know, what we're seeing is the culmination of, men, you know, basically all of Lucasfilm animation to date so far. So, yes. Hashtag blessed. We're in a good spot. I wonder if on May 4th we'll get an announcement about whatever animated show they're going to do next. Probably something about Ahsoka. Everything's yeah. about Ahsoka. <laughs> Ahsoka's going to be in everything now. <laughs> Ahsoka, Ahsoka, Ahsoka. <laughs> She's never going to die. She's going to live forever. Dave will never let her go. Rosario Dawson will portray Ahsoka, Ahsoka in the season two of The Mandalorian. But Ashley Eckstein will play her in the other spinoff of that show. <laughs> also coming to Disney Plus at the same time with a tie-in comic. Mm. Which will then spin off to another show where she's portrayed by another actress. Oh my gosh. Hilarious. You know, it's true. <laughs> no, what I really want to know is when are we getting the freaking Darth Maul Crimson Dawn yes, show? Because yes, we need Crimson Dawn content. Give it yes, to us. I need <laughs> I need it. Inject it into my veins, please. I'm here for it. It's like give oh. us a novel or give us a show. I don't want another comic. Give <laughs> give us one one good solid novel. Give us some morsels. one good solid show. A mini series. Something. Yeah. Get, get Ray Park oh. back. Put him on. Put all the makeup on him. Yes. Get him set with where to do his awesome vocal vocal yes. stuff. Get Amelia Clark back to be Kira. Ugh. There you go. Solo I, spinoff Crimson ugh. Dawn show. All in one one I hit. I want it so badly, so badly. Anyway, but before we get into <laughs> Maul too much, that was like I shouldn't have gone off on that tangent, but I wanted to. It's a force and podcast. We're all about the tangents. We- <laughs> We did last week after we recorded. We did actually get some news last week, which is a little bit surprising. Things have been kind of quiet, especially with all of the stay at home. Um, you know, we've just been watching the Clone Wars and anxiously waiting. But we actually got some news last week uh, in the form of a casting announcement for the still untitled Cassian Andor series, um, including... That Genevieve O'Reilly will be portraying Mon Mothma again, which is excellent. Excited about that. Um, But we will also have Stellan Skarsgård, Denise Goh, and Kyle Soler. And they look familiar. Well, I know Stellan Skarsgård, but uh, the other two look familiar, but I can't necessarily say (laughs) I've seen them in anything. But I probably have here or there. We also learned that the Cassian series will be set five years before the Battle of Yavin, which puts us squarely in the Rebels timeline. Right, right. Yeah, right for a crossover. Featuring Ahsoka? (laughs) Featuring Hera. (laughs) No, Ahsoka. (laughs) Ahsoka. (laughs) God damn it, Adrian, no. <laughs> there is no Hera, only Ahsoka. Um, I mean, given that Cassium is a fulcrum and Ahsoka is a fulcrum, I personally think it would make more sense to see Ahsoka in the Cassian series than it would in the Mandalorian series, from my point of view. But right. we will see. Just to just to add on to that bit of news, keep an ear or eye out for anything that mentions uh Forrest Whitaker. Mm. Ooh, I like where you're going with that. Yeah. That's okay. that's the one that would make the most sense to me. Mm. I mean, I yeah, I could see it. He could definitely come back as Saw. Even, you know, even if it was like for an episode or something. Um, 
I mean, I could I mean, see... He, I he could, voiced... He did it for Rebels. He did. So... But I could also see this show having a side plot that really doesn't necessarily connect all that much to the main main plot too much, except in certain points where they do overlap. Mm. I could mm. easily see the B plot being saw development. Interesting. Okay. Do uh, again, you it's think a full that connection. Of, mm, that's good. Ooh, good. Nice catch with that, Adrian. <laughs> nice catch. See what you did there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I kind of like that idea. Part of me is a little bit afraid that that would kind of take away from Cassian's story, but oh, I, I mean, at the so. same, you don't. Okay. I mean, but at the same time, it is, you know, presumably about the rebellion and building things up. And we know that Saw and the Alliance don't get along all the time. So I don't know. I don't know how many of y'all listening watch Better Call Saul. I'm going to use that as an example. (laughs) But Better Call Saul has the same dynamic where the main character of the show is Saul Goodman, Jimmy McGill, the lawyer, right, from Breaking Bad. But there's this whole other other plot line involving uh, Mike, a character named Mike, also from Breaking Bad. And his misadventures don't usually... They, they intersect at some points with Saul. A lot often, but they're also often separate. And the development we've gotten for the Mike character over the course of the, the series has been, you know, astounding. So I could see that same model working. If you're going to apply the same model in a Star Wars show, I think the one to do it in it would be the Cassian Andor series. Just because it's all there already. It's... Think think of Rogue One as Breaking Bad. Think of the show as Better Call Saul, where you get to expand on a whole lot of characters doing their own thing, but still uh, being parallel to one major story arc for all of them. I haven't seen either of those, but I like that idea. So cool. I'm yeah, cool. This is what I think about when I can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so every night, no. <laughs> 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 Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> in uh, some other news that was announced was that the Rise of Skywalker will be launching on Disney Plus on May 4th. And also launching on May 4th, we are getting the Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, which will be an eight-part series that will go behind the scenes of the show. And it looks like there there was a short clip or trailer, whatever you want to call it, trailer, um, that came out last week. And it looks like there are a bunch of interviews that um, (laughs) John Favreau is doing with various people. It's very like inside the actor's studio or whatever, you know, one of those like round tables. You see, Um, we, we, we adore the original trilogy and the original trilogy is the only Star Wars that ever existed. So... We made a show <laughs> with that in mind. Just kidding. Now, I'm now, kidding. I'm kidding. Now, now. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But let me ask you. Um, I've been seeing uh, conflicting reports on this. Is it all dropping, all eight parts on May 4th? Or you know, is it weekly? I don't know, actually. Um, I just know that it's eight parts. And I don't think I saw anything that said one way or another, honestly. It just said, oh, this is coming. And it's an eight part behind the scenes look, yada, yada, yada. And that's a really good question that I can't answer. You have failed I don't me. Know. Sorry. <laughs> it was bound to happen eventually. Uh, another question that I think you can answer. Yes. Is this a series we're going to cover on the podcast? 
Hell yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. Uh, why not? I, you know. <laughs> One more thing to talk about. Yes, I assume we'll talk about it a little. Maybe have an episode devoted to it or something once we watch all eight parts. I'm definitely excited to see, you know, some of the behind the scenes tech that they Oh, been absolutely. Using. The technology and, aspect is definitely the most intriguing bit for me, too. And I mean, hear from the actors and, you know, I don't know who all they've interviewed. If it's I mean, I know, like, I'm sure John Favreau and. Dave Filoni will spend time, a lot of time talking. Um, but, you know, it'll be curious to hear from the actors. And it looks like they are going to have at least one of the episodes is like a round table with all the directors or most of the directors, Ooh. which I think, yeah. So I saw, I saw Bryce Howard Dallas. I saw Deborah Chow. I saw Rick Fu, uh, crap. I forgot his last name. <laughs> Fujiyama. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't laugh. Is it is it is it Fujiyama? It's I not am Fujiyama. not gonna go near I, that. Sorry. Um, and then um, let's take a Taika Watiti. Yes, uh, snap. yes. So um, so there's definitely um, I'm looking forward to that. I can't, you know, personally, I'm looking forward to hearing from the directors because I think that will be really cool. Um. So I'm looking forward to that. Definitely. Oh, well, heck yeah. I like that. So so I definitely think there's potential to learn some interesting things. And if they what one thing I've seen speculated about is that potentially if it is a weekly release, which I don't know, is that they might do something kind of like with the Rise of Skywalker, where maybe we'll get like a teaser for the next season at the end of mm. it. Um, I've seen that speculated about, obviously, I don't know, I don't know if that's true or not, and they very well could not do that, but we know that the season wrapped, so they've probably got footage, you know, that they could do something with, yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> Keep an ear out for Deborah Chow talking about the Kenobi series. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Mm. I Maybe somebody will ask her about that. Also, I just want to point out that I very much love The Mandalorian. I just, I, I just like teasing it a lot for, <laughs> for, for certain obvious things. But I love the series, and I can't wait for, for season two. Heck yeah. Me neither. Uh, and lastly, okay, so that was news. Everybody's excited. We got more news last <laughs> week. <laughs> or early this week? I can't even remember now. Um, What's a week? That... <laughs> what's yeah i don't know um we are getting another audio drama oh yes 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 in with uh everyone's favorite rogue archaeologist dr afra what um what i was shocked as heck and excited i was shook um, and excited right there with you man <laughs> this is the first so, time i'm like oh for a Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars uh, book in a long time. Like, just straight up, like, oh, this is like a new show level of excitement. Yes. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. I'm hoping that this leads to more, but basically what they're doing is it's an audio drama adaption of her introduction. This is confusing as heck. Of her introduction <laughs> in the original Darth Vader comic. <laughs> um, What's confusing about that? Sarah Kuhn. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> oh nothing obviously uh it's star wars we're all about crazy convoluted whatever 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 um so but i i believe it's you know there's going to be like a full voice cast we don't have any of that information yet about who will be voicing these characters 
Um, but that's, I, you know, we enjoyed, uh, Jedi Lost, which was an audio drama as well. So it's cool to see them doing this. That arc in the Vader comic was really great. I loved it. If you haven't read that, I highly recommend. So I'm excited about this. I think this is, it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Aphra is one of those characters that I I just love. I love her so much. And I feel bad for not having read her comic series. But she is definitely a character that anytime she comes across, I come across something about her on my thread or or I just think about her for whatever reason. I'm thinking, I really, really got to read her comic. I really got (laughs) to finish that like right now. And you know what? I think think with this new audio drama coming out now is the time. And I'm going to dive in. I'm going to. Give after the 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 full attention she she deserves. Yeah. So I mean, confession time. I'm way behind on the Afra <gasps> comics. Like I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> the, <gasps> shock, dismay. Um, I'm way behind. There are a lot of comics, guys. A lot of comics. I'm also behind on the main Star Wars book. It doesn't matter. My um, goodness, just dropping the ball all over the place. <laughs> you know it truth bombs all over the place tonight so (laughs) (laughs) but but i i i do do recommend i have read that vader comic where she's introduced and it's excellent Mm -hmm. and what i've read of her comic um so far is also a lot of fun and she's popped up in other various places so and those that's always you know whatever chaos she brings it's always a good time so (laughs) Should be fun. In fact, she pops up in the new Bounty Hunters comic, which I started reading and was a little bit poo-poo about, and am actually a little bit surprised at how much I'm enjoying it. Of course, it's only two issues out right now because we have no comics, no new comics (laughs) Uh, right now. (laughs) So, Well, perfect opportunity to catch up on her comic then. Yes. Do it. Do it. Um, that is coming out in July, P.S., the audio drama. Ooh, just in so. time for my birthday. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, we don't have a date. We, they just said July, so we'll see. Yeah, you you missed Thrawn, but now you get Afra. so really you're probably winning. <laughs> I, I am definitely winning. Not that I'm not looking forward to Thrawn, but, but, no. but it's, it's Afra. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Just Ascendancy or Afra. <laughs> we won't have Eli to balance out Thrawn in these new books, so uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Speaking of comics and nearly 40, 30 minutes into the podcast, let's let's talk about Maul. <laughs> Son of Dathomir, which is the main purpose of this episode. Sorry about that, folks, but there was a lot to catch up on, and we were excited. Yes. Yeah, see, it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. But yes, this week, um, we decided to revisit the Son of Dathomir comic, which actually came out in 2014, so six years ago. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. 
Um, but this was a comic adaption of a Clone Wars arc that never got made. I don't know if they even ever, you know, animated some of it. Um, but it's an adaption of one of those stories that that we never will never get on screen. <laughs> <laughs> And it focuses on Maul, and we figured with Maul's um, triumphant <laughs> return this week in, or last week, whatever, in The Phantom Apprentice, it would be fun to revisit this before we move on to the final two episodes of The Clone Wars. Makes perfect sense, especially since it was referenced very yes. explicitly. Yes. Which yeah. caught me off guard a bit. I'm like, hey. <laughs> they expected us to read the comic. Yeah. Well, I mean, and basically this comic pretty much sets up, you know, it takes it it picks up right after uh Sidious defeats Maul and Savage on Mandalore in season five. That's season five, right? Yes. <laughs> um in season five and kind of sets up everything. That has happened with Maul in between that time. Um, you know, he's rescued by Gar Saxon and Rook Cast, who are, of course, in the Siege of Man involved in the Siege of Mandalore. We have the crime syndicates and then a bunch of separatists. You know, I always always forget that Saxon was technically introduced first in this comic. Yes. He is very yeah. much so much a rebels character in my mind. I yes, right. Yeah. So I didn't read the, the first time I read this comic was actually after I'd already watched Rebels. So he was introduced in Rebels and everybody online is like, oh, my God, it's Gar Saxon. And I'm like, who the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> no idea who this guy is. <laughs> um, so then I had to go back and read The Son of Dathomir, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's the one with the really cool armor. It's that guy. That looks like Ma Yeah, it's that guy. Hey, it's that guy. Uh, <laughs> I know that guy. So, yeah. Bit of a treat to, to see him actually like fully animated now, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. God, it's so cool. Both of them. All of them. It's all, it's all it. connected. It, it is it's all, all connected. connected. But yeah, this this comic sees Maul through a lot of <laughs> low points, <laughs> which seems to be Maul's lot in life. That's his entire um, life. What are you talking about? A, yeah. Well. When things are going good for Maul, I'm sure he's a nervous wreck. <laughs> he's like, when's the other shoe going to drop? Like, because what nothing is this? ever goes right. Yeah. Am I winning? This is right. <laughs> uh, I mean... Yeah, he's basically like, he starts off this comic in prison and is rescued and then everything goes to hell and continues to go to hell. <laughs> and we see him and things have gotten, you know, he's climbed back out of the pit a little bit. But yeah, man, if anything, yeah, this, uh, Small's continual struggle, struggle and failure, um, which this comic is full of because he just can't. <laughs> He can't win. I mean, that's that's maybe the saddest aspect of Maul altogether is that he just like he's just destined to never win. And oof, yeah, <laughs> you know, he lost his brother in this comic. He loses his mother, um, which one question I had was, do we know when? So, I mean, I guess I, so I guess I'm kind of answering my own question now that I'm actually like talking about it. We know it picks up right during season five, but then these this sets of episodes 
episodes this comic takes place before the episodes in season six where we see mother talzin again right because she's a spirit in those episodes the last time we saw mother talzin mace windu and jar jar more jar jar obliterated her physical body i thought she was dead initially back in the day yeah well but i mean Um, this comic indicates that she dies too so did she die twice is this a shock tea uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> situation right here how many times does mother talzin die in the clone wars three times i don't <laughs> so jar jar blew up her body but i guess she pulled a palpatine or something or palpatine pulled a mother talzin later on where she could keep on existing in some sort of spiritual ethereal type of realm or of manner i mean she's a dathomir witch she's a spooky it might be witch slightly lady, so. different yeah there's definitely some spooky magic that happens. But the the, the the main, down to the point, she didn't die. Her body did, but like she herself didn't. And Palpatine knew that. So that was the whole point of this comic, essentially. The, the biggest point of keeping Maul alive, the big cliffhanger we got at the end of season five, was to use Maul as bait to get to Mother Talzin. So once again, yes. just using Maul for some other bigger purpose and then casting him aside yet again. Not even killing him. Just like, all right, no. I'm, done, I'm done with you. Yeah, it's like mission accomplished. They doesn't even care about Maul anymore, which is how low Maul has fallen in Sidious's eyes. But you really just kind of want to punch Sidious in the face because, God, he's treated Maul so badly. I mean, Maul makes some bad choices. Let's not, you know, well, yeah. <laughs> he makes some pretty, pretty crap choices throughout the rest of his life. <laughs> but- I mean, I, I know the guy lost his sanity for a while there, but it never fully came back. <laughs> Ever, I mean, yeah. th- think about the way he's always reintroduced to us. There's always something wrong with him. There's always something wrong about to go down. The first time we see him again, he's a giant spider freak, freakazoid type of type of character. Okay, cool. We're introduced to him in Rebels again. He's like Master Yoda, just living under me a old temple. Master, I've been eating Malachor rats this whole time to survive. Apprentice. Sniffing- Sniffing ash. Uh, sniffing ash. Which he does in another comic, <laughs> uh, by the way. I love yeah. that. I'm just saying. <laughs> so that's our second reintroduction to our third? Second. Third? Reintroduction. Anyway, you uh, get what I'm saying. And then yeah. again, here in the Clone Wars, we're reintroduced to him yet again. And he is just on edge, man. He is nervous. He's fidgety. He's like, it's about to go down. The galaxy, the big, big thing in the galaxy is about to happen. I'm kind of nervous. I'm going to try and stop it, but damn it, I want someone to help me with this. I Just seeing the way that always goes down, Maul never came back from his, just call it his depression. <laughs> we'll call it that. Well, I mean, you know, it's he's continually been abandoned and rejected, and, you know, that kind of makes sense. I mean, after the Phantom Menace, when he's cut down by Obi-Wan, you know, he, Sidious abandons him. Like, he's, you know, he doesn't even bother looking for him. So Maul is just dealing with this constant rejection, and, I mean, we see more of that in the Clone Wars as well. And in and in this the comic where you know now Sidious, uh, sorry, oh my gosh, where Maul comes face to face with Dooku, who is the new apprentice or the current, I guess current would probably the be the pretender, right? The pretend, the yeah. Pretender. So you know he's he's always he's I mean he's basically constantly being rejected. Um, so 
Damn, even Ahsoka rejected him this past episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, she started to say yes and then took it back. <laughs> I mean, the dude's Maul... basically proposing to her and she's like, maybe. <laughs> and then he threatened to kill her brother. Right. So, nope. or, <laughs> nope, take that back. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> like, he just he just can't win. I mean, no, it's he's... trauma. It to- I totally agree with you. It's totally drama. Trauma. Trauma leads to erratic behavior and circumstances, especially when you got an ego mixed in as big as his. Do you think it's ego or just he's that, a like, dark he's... side character? Look at the way he was sitting on the throne. But... <laughs> Can I just say I love that because doesn't he he sits like that in another um, was it earlier in the Clone Wars? There's another episode or time where he's basically like lounging like that on the throne <laughs> in Mandalore. So, yeah. But that's like the one time he's winning, right? You know, I don't know. <laughs> he's he's trying so desperately to come out ahead. Yeah. And losing every time. So, I don't know. I think that's more of him trying to be like, yeah, I got this, you know. Well, I, I don't I, even know. I think in the Clone Wars era, I think there is a lot of ego to it. Until we, and then in Rebels, the Rebels era of Maul has had that ego stripped away from him. He's a, an incredibly humbled character by that point compared to how we've seen him before. And right now in Clone Wars, I mean, we should be talking about the comic. We're talking about Clone Wars, but yeah, <laughs> well, it's all connected. It's all connected. Yeah. I, 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 I really do feel there's like a lot of ego behind a lot of the thing he does. Mix in with that abandonment issue, craziness, and trauma. Yeah, and his, I mean, I, yeah, I could see where you're coming from. I mean, he has been, had been groomed by Sidious, you know, they were going to take down the Jedi Order. He was initially part of, well, he thought he was part of the plan um, to do that, and it turned out that he was expendable. And I can definitely see where, when you say ego, like, there's definitely some of that, like, Sidious kind of built that up, like, this is your destiny, you're gonna help me destroy the Jedi, we're gonna burn it all down. The fact that he calls Dooku a pretender, it's like, you're not real, I'm real. Yeah. Yeah, you're torturing me right now, I'm I'm in cuffs right now, but no, I'm better than you. <laughs> that, that's, Scott. that's ego. <laughs> He might have lost his lower half, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) still got some cojones. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He totally does. Like, you cannot say Maul does not have cojones anytime he shows up. That's part of the problem sometimes. Yeah, he's got... The, yeah, the ego or the confidence to carry himself, even when he might not have the strength to back it up. And by strength, I mean just, you know, like he's constantly in these losing situations. Heck, um, you know what? I take it back. Even in Rebels. Oh, okay. He just uh, called me Old Master. Yeah, that's a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an old master. Uh-huh. All right. That right there, too. Maul has an ego and it gets him into a lot of situations. Like, dude. Just stop trying, please. But you don't. <laughs> and then you just always end up sad. No. Yeah. That's Maul's lot in life. Forever trying and forever failing. The Sisyphus of uh, the Star Wars Sisyphus. universe. As as uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Um, postulated on in some other podcast. <laughs> Went on a big rant about that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I mean, I mean that is that is Maul's lot in life, and so in Son of Dathomir, it's basically him trying to win, but once again failing um, because he just can't win. And, and in the process you know, of that failing, causing untold destruction and death. Yeah. Well, and in and almost losing his criminal empire too, right? Like at the end of the comic or towards the end of the comic, the syndicates are getting very antsy, so you know Black Sun and the Pikes are all kind of like, ah. We're gonna go over uh, here now. Good luck. Yeah. You know, and obviously that comes back together because in the Siege of Mandalore he's managed to reconsolidate um he rebranded. <laughs> he rebranded, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, are they not known as the Shadow Collective anymore? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, are they all under the Crimson Dawn umbrella? Which, hilariously, because of course this comic was from 2014, there's no mention of Crimson Dawn at all. I'm pretty sure Crimson Dawn, I, I don't know, we haven't gotten a novel or show yet, but I'm pretty sure yeah. <laughs> Crimson Dawn is a result of this comic's aftermath. Mm, okay, okay. All right. That's yeah. that's my headcanon at the moment until All otherwise. Right. No, I I like that. I can accept that. That works for me. <laughs> um I, I buy it. Hold on. Oh, I have my candle ready on the page I wanted to talk about and it turned oh, off. Oh, nice. Oh. <laughs> okay. Damn so, it, let's let's we were talking about this earlier, but let's talk about that amazing what well, would have been amazing to watch lightsaber battle that involved like as oh. as as you put it, such a strange blend of Jedi characters. <laughs> I mean, one of the most mixed groups that we never got to see on the screen, and yet I kind of wish we had. Um, yeah, so what's really interesting is we get a nice mix of almost literally every, like, the only person that doesn't really make an appearance in this is Anakin. Um, and even, he gets a little bit, but, like, it's very, or no, wait, maybe he doesn't. I'm sorry, uh, I've no. watched, I no, he doesn't. I've watched, I was watching another Clone Wars arc last night. <laughs> And Anakin made a brief appearance. Now I'm. It's all blending together. It's all blended together. I'm sorry, um, but we get we get Maul, Dooku, Grievous against. Well, not really Grievous, but he's there. He's there in the background. He's in the vicinity. Um, <laughs> um against Obi Wan, Mace Windu, Ala Sakura, and Master Tipley, whose sister just so, died the previous weekend. Yeah. <laughs> who then oh my gets God. stabbed in the chest by Dooku, which is like insult to injury. I mean, damn, guys, just wow. <laughs> the way she goes out too, Dooku's like, hey, I have something to show let you. Me just, yeah, yeah, he's like total just... butt munch about it too. <laughs> so it's a it's a very interesting fight that goes down which would have been amazing to see on screen and it is sad that we never will because it would probably be amazing so the um, the reason i bring it up though too is this this fight shows just how dangerous maul is when cornered he's going up against what what four jedi we said one of them being yes. mace windu the quote-unquote best swordsman in the in the order mm-hmm I mean, come on, man. I mean, I know he has Dooku there by his side. I guess technically he's just going up against two at that moment. But he's he's putting up a fight. He is not going down easy. No. Yeah. And he doesn't even have a lightsaber. He's got the dark saber. He's got the dark saber, there. not even the I mean, double-sided. It, it, yeah. So he could totally have taken Ahsoka out if he really wanted to. <laughs> it's just toying with her. Just one final lesson, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, you know, in some of these, he's he's only got the Darksaber, but he can take down two Jedi Masters still. Um, of course, he's got his robot legs, though, so might have a slight advantage there. <laughs> or disadvantage, I don't know. It could be slower. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what they're made out of. <laughs> But a lot, a lot of cool instances like that in this comic where we get to see just how powerful Maul is. Not just that battle, just overall. And <laughs> his cockroach-like ability to just come out of everything. You cannot kill the guy. No, yeah. Even he... when you kill the guy, you do not kill him. <laughs> Master Kenobi was right. He's really hard to kill. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean, this comic is a really good example of that, is of his continual ability to survive some really insane situations. I mean, he's almost, you know, he's, he starts off in this comic in prison and is being tortured and he's rescued. And then there's one battle. He's almost, you know, blown up. He gets rescued again. Then he manages to kidnap Dooku. They are fighting the Jedi, four Jedi masters. He escapes again. <laughs> Cockroach. You know, <laughs> he... <laughs> And then they, I I am now forgetting, I guess, did they head to Dathomir in the end? Anyway, there's a whole bunch of battles. Yeah, they go to Yes, Dathomir. they're on Dathomir for the and, final, final. You know, for bout. the final confrontation with Mother, with Darth Maul and Mother Talzin. Um, and then there's another huge battle. And then in that case, you've got like all these Darksiders against each other. Maul and Mother Talzin against Dooku and Grievous and Sidious, who shows up. Up, you know can i put the- say that is like my one little nitpick with this story you got sidious and talzin the arguably most powerful dark side users in in the story at this point right in the, in the star wars history at this point arguably mm-hmm. and he has them do a lightsaber fight i think this was a missed opportunity for some really really wicked dark side magic from both of them we've seen them each on their own do a lot of alchemy type stuff a lot of I mean, freaking reanimation of the dead right a lot of a lot of cool blood magic type stuff. And you get these two characters finally together opposing each other. And then you had them fight with lightsabers. <laughs> That's like my one yeah. nitpick here. Mm. I get what you're saying, though. I think it, we could have gotten some been, cool, it, yeah, cool, weird Star Wars horror movie imagery. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is some of that in there because Dooku is possessed by Mother Talzin. Yeah. But... Um, you're right, you know, Star Wars does like to go weird on occasion, and the Night Sister magics are definitely, cre- I mean, they have freaking zombies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would have been cool. And we, we know that Sidious can do some crazy stuff from the World Between Worlds episode exactly. in Rebels. So it's not like he doesn't, we don't, I mean, we know he has that ability. So well, you're right. Well, that even in Clone cool. Wars, him and Dooku, when you're trying to. Uh, oh, that's right. In the um, Yoda's little arc. The Yoda, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Pal- Palpatine's all about the, up that Sith. He's all up about that Sith alchemy. And I, 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 I like I realize I like Palpatine more when he's like that. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like the, ooh, I've got a lightsaber and I'm going to fight you. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I love it his- It seems to suit- Yeah, it seems to suit his personality almost better than like the aggressive right out in the open lightsaber fighting. Exactly. Like, don't get me That's wrong. Like I, I love I love his fight in Revenge of the Sith with Yoda. It was cool <laughs> to see him fight with a lightsaber for the first time in there. It was cool to see him fight with a lightsaber with a Savage and Maul. But I think he's more menacing 
when he's doing something that the other characters cannot. Like, mm-hmm. how are they going to yeah. combat this? And I'm not just talking about Force Lightning all the time either. Yeah. Which is another nitpick with, like, the Rise of Skywalkers. Like, hey, stop with the lightning. He's He can do more than that. But that's a tangent for another podcast. <laughs> but it's just in relation to this comic, I think that would have been dope. Yeah. I... <laughs> I would have loved if they had brought this comic to this, even though, I mean, we got the Ahsoka novel with Siege of Mandalore flashbacks. It would have been cool if they had decided to bring this comic to the screen so we could have gotten, I mean, Dave Filoni has said that, you know, this final Clone Wars season is really about, like, Ahsoka and Rex, and then it all comes together in the Siege of Mandalore, but you've got Maul as this kind of, like, third wild card, and it would have been cool if they had included this arc as well, so we could have had, like, those three pieces in play. Um, oh my god, I hate you. that's how they wanted to do that. <laughs> I hate you for um, bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> because then we would have had this like very nice triangle with all of these main players with the Siege of Mandalore. Lady, like, right go in home. The middle. You are yes. home. <laughs> I am home. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Is this going to keep you up at night now? I mean, I'm not going to sleep anyway, so yeah. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. Yeah. You're right. Sorry. That would have been so Not sorry. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Because this lays, this comic does such a good job of laying the groundwork for where we see Maul later, both here, both in the Siege of Mandalore arc and, you know, for his split second cameo in in Solo as well. Like, you can see where the seeds of that have been laid. So that's that's one reason yo, I really like this comic. Yo, okay. I know we've been saying we want our Crimson Dawn show or book. How how about this though? How about it's a novel and it's sold <laughs> in flashbacks after the fall of Crimson Dawn, after Maul Maul's transition from crime lord from- syndicate to old master. Ooh. And he's reminiscing about his rise and fall. Huh? I love that idea, honestly, Adrian. That would be great because so That's your both title, us- Maul, Old Master. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody write that book. Um, well, it's funny because both of us just watched, rewatched for the umpteenth time. We both rewatched uh, Twilight of the Apprentice. Yeah. And which is still excellent in so many ways. Um, but you get Maul, who has ended up on Malachor, um, kind of crazy as per usual and <laughs> little little yoda and dagobah flavoring in there just, yeah and but we don't you know, know <laughs> yeah but we don't know anything about how he ended up there and we know you know now with these clone wars episodes and solo that you know he was doing other stuff he was a crime lord for a while. Um, Dathomir was still involved, according to Solo. Yeah, you know, so even though, he, um, and, you know, he still had a place there in Rebels mm-hmm. as well once he escapes. So he's, you know, Dathomir, at least sometimes, was part of his power base or his hidey hole or wherever he you know, wants to es- escape <laughs> to when when he needs to. So home base or something. So... 
you know, oh, it's so, so, think about so it. ripe for like a story of like how that ended up, like how he ends up getting stranded on Malachor. Yes, the God, book, I love that idea. The book starts with him on his way to Malachor to sniff some more dead body ashes, right? <laughs> he, he, needs, he, he needs his fix. But he's also being hunted, right? He's being pursued. Is he not? Isn't, is that, isn't that what they said in Rebels? Well, they're looking for the shadow. Yes, but we don't know, you know, how long they've been hunting him. I figure that he. My personal take is that he's actually been on Malachor for longer. Oh yeah, mine mine too. He's been there for a long time. Yeah, but they eventually do catch up with him. Yeah, the Inquisitors like only just arrived, like maybe a day or something. Like they haven't exactly. But Maul's been there longer than that for sure. I, I think it's an opportunity to set up. The what happened immediately before we, we reintroduce him, we we are we see him again in Rebels and give us the context for er, everything we need to know from the end of the Clone Wars, from the end of the Siege of Mandalore up to that moment, including his role. Like what what exactly is he in Solo? Yeah, why is he on Dathomir? I I want that cat. I want that right now. I I really want that too, Adrian. I. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the best ideas to come out of this podcast. I'll <laughs> Curse you, Filoni, for making a one-off character such an interesting and diverse one. My goodness. Well, and I mean, if you think about it, like, he and Ahsoka are almost inverses of each other Oh, in a way. Okay, so we, we brought up before that Maul and Kenobi are the two sides of the same coin. Both yes. tragic figures that have lost everything, but the way they go yes. about it is... Completely different. Completely different because yes. of their character. Ahsoka is the rim of that coin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Explain a little more. She's she's on the, these last episodes made me realize that, like you were saying right now, yeah, she's very much of that same cut from that same cloth. Characters that, like Maul, she's been cast aside a couple times. Yes, yeah. Like Maul and Kenobi, she loses everything. But she's the rim of the coin because she's in the middle of them. She doesn't consider herself a Jedi, but she stays true to herself. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can live with that. I mean, I was thinking almost, you know, more from, um, you know, Maul and Ahsoka both having been cast aside by their respective orders. And now they're not Sith or Jedi. Um, well, that's know, another thing there too. Exactly. Yeah, but they're still and coming at it from very different places. But you know, and again, kind of like in Rebels, um, you know, they want to stop the Sith, which is you know, Maul decides to reach out to Ahsoka that way. Now, of course, his way of going about it was murder. <laughs> was mur- <laughs> he adapted? Cool still murder? Yeah, he adapted to the. <laughs> Okay, so the plan is we lure Kenobi, and he'll bring Skywalker with him. Who the heck is this chick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who that? I mean, but I mean, like, that's the story of Maul's life. <laughs> like, Sidious was the planner. Maul is not a planner at all. Like, they're, like or he is a planner, but nothing ever it never works goes. out the way. It never, it never works, works out, out you know? <laughs> So, yeah, he has this elaborate plan to lure Kenobi back to. And you kind of want to be like, dude, 
you killed his girlfriend. Why would Kenobi ever come back to Mandalore? Like, was that real? Like, you didn't think this through from point A to point B. You went, you know, you know, jumped had, off the cliff. If he had a little more knowledge about who Ahsoka was, he would have been like, he would have realized what a platter he was given instead of Skywalker was his actual target the whole time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Because if he hadn't said that he was going to kill Anakin to prevent Anakin from taking his place as Sidious's apprentice, like Ahsoka would have been totally on board. Like she was there. She was ready to help bring down the Sith and use his knowledge to bring down the Sith. And now he just had to be like, yeah, murder. (laughs) That's the plan. Murder. It's always murder. (laughs) Uh, oh, Maul, <laughs> just constantly falling just oh, one step short. You'd be like, dude, if you'd thought about this just a little bit longer, if you had done a little bit more research. So close. So, so close, close, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, so a final thought before or a final question before we start wrapping up here. Why do you think Maul is the one that got this vision? Specifically putting Skywalker next to the Emperor, next to Palpatine. Why not Kenobi? Why not Ahsoka? Why not Yoda? Why not? I think because Maul in this situation is the only one that can see it the most clearly. In Kenobi and Ahsoka's cases, their judgment and is is clouded by the fact that they love Anakin. And they trust Anakin with their lives. And if they're with Anakin, he's not going to do something terrible like kill younglings and turn to the dark side (laughs) to save his wife. Um, But but I mean, I'm serious. Like it's when Anakin is alone and these the support is stripped away from him um that he this kind of helps precipitate his fall like he's increasingly isolated and that's the whole thing like ahsoka getting thrown out of the jedi order um you know kenobi getting sent off to fight general grievous like his support is getting stripped away from him and so i think i think in the case of um in this case, Maul's literally the only one that can see it, but because, like, clearly what's going to happen, but because he's destined to fail, he can't actually do anything about it. So like, he's this given is, this. So, what you're saying this, is it's destiny just kind of like toying with him again. It's like, hey, I'm going to yes. tell you this, but no one's going to no. believe you, and you can't do jack about it. Is that yep. what you're saying? That's basically what I'm saying. That is cold and evil, Cat Ray. That is, that is messed but, up. But it's true because, you know, Maul is, he is being truthful. Like, this is going to happen. We know it's going to happen. We know because we've already seen it. We've seen the movies. (laughs) Well, but the thing is, but Maul is so wrapped up. Like you said, he's got his own ego, his own desires and motivations that he can't, even though what he's seen is the truth. He can't put his own ego and desire to, you know, defeat Kenobi, to take his rightful place, to rule the galaxy. He can't put that aside to, like, get himself allies, like someone who would have helped him. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, yeah, it's cruel. Um, but <laughs> I like that cat. Um, that is so I, messed up, and I am here for it. <laughs> 
you know, but that's that's kind of what I think is like he can't get over himself long enough to actually prevent it from happening. He basically gets in his own way. So with that in mind, that, that, that's that's interesting. I that's, that's I am really and I got to go to sleep now for sure. But <laughs> then what is the what is Maul's role in all this then at the end? What was the point? We've seen how his real story begins and how it ends ultimately on Tatooine. Or does it? Or does it? The guy doesn't stay dead. We have a theory that uh, Kenobi dismembered the body, burnt it, fit the chunks to the dewback, and then burned the dewback, just to be sure. But, you know, even that might not be enough. But anyway, with that in mind, with Maul being just this toy for the larger fates of the galaxy what what's what's the point what, what what's his role in all this why what, what's it amount to ooh that's a good question he's like the cassandra not only is he the sisyphus but he's the cassandra cassandra uh, ooh that's a that's the, a deep state prophet, literary reference the the prophet that no one believes um yeah i don't know um moments like these make me happy i took english classes in college <laughs> Um, I mean, that that's a really good question. I, you know, I he's, you know, unfortunately, I think like what we see with and what we're going to see in this next episode, you know, is that he's really ultimately he's another pawn like the clones like Ahsoka to some degree, you know, like the Jedi, like they're all just pieces on a chessboard that are being arranged but we've Um, seen rex and ahsoka play bigger parts though yes and we totally have but Mm -hmm. you know in the end you know they're all kind of being manipulated by sidious to you know or you know you know strings strings in the strings in the plan um and i i I would i I, what i'm looking at or thinking about is kind of more on like the galactic scale like sidious's overall plan to bring down the jedi and create the empire and and so in that case like basically everyone is a pawn to just further his own plan in that respect like yes at some points they may have bigger roles or you know place something more into that or against it as antagonists but in the end they're pawns that is some heavy stuff there cat and i think that is a perfect point for us to end this extra deep episode this went a little deeper than i thought it would (laughs) that was that was nice well you you didn't even answer your own question i I don't have an answer for it i want to see what you would think Because it's, it's such an interesting, it's such an interesting question, and you know what? I yeah. I, I want to get people's takes on that. It's a very, it's a very, uh, I think, unique perspective on Maul. That I mean, I haven't seen this online anywhere else. Thinking of thinking of it that way. Yeah, I you know I just you know I think it's just kind of Maul's. I mean, you know, like we've said several times already, you know, Maul is always destined to fail. Like he's trying to break out of that pawn role and he does in some cases for short periods. But in the end, you know, he never truly um, wins, I guess. You know, I guess once Sidious takes over, everyone's kind of cut loose. Um, (laughs) And, you know, he definitely thrives in that. Well, we assume he's thriving in that. He's a cockroach. He thrives in... 
Chaos. <laughs> Chaos. I mean, and he even says that in the Siege of Mandalore. Like, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he he will be able to thrive in the chaos that's coming. So, you know, that's that's part of his plan, but really his plan is just part of a larger plan that he doesn't have control over. That none of them, none have, of control them have control over. over. Yeah. Well, who would doggy? That's, uh, that's some good <laughs> stuff there, little cat, Ray. <laughs> I try, I try. <laughs> So unless there's anything else you'd like to add on, I think that about does it for our very Maul-centric episode. Yeah, just that I feel bad for Maul. I mean, the more I've gotten to know Maul and read about Maul, the more sympathy I have for him and the more I find him to be one of the more tragic Star Wars characters. I mean, there's a lot of tragedy in Star Wars. Let's not kid ourselves. (laughs) But... But what Maul has gone through, like everything he goes through from the very beginning of his life where he's, I mean, even in this comic, we get two conflicting stories about how he came to be Sidious's apprentice. One is that he was given to Sidious and the other was that he's stolen. I totally stole him. (laughs) Um, so, you know, even, even his, even his beginnings, like, given away or stolen is horribly tragic. Like, both of those are terrible. (laughs) It's not really great either way. So his whole, his whole life has not been his own. And it's just a series of tragedies mixed in with some really bad choices, too. Um, hashtag justice for Eldra. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we're not even talking about that comic. And that category's like, no, F that guy. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> no. But but no, that part, I mean, like, yes, but also no, because you get to see plus uh, like so much more into his psyche in that miniseries. Um, anyway, he uses her name. Adrian. You know what? I like, think he... we owe it to Maul as a character to go back and do another comic club on the Darth Maul comic. Yes, both the the Mall miniseries and the Age of Republic, mainly because I really like the Age of Republic. Oh, they're both. Comics, I, so I I read the other Mall comic and Age of Republic yesterday for the first time. Gotta say, man, Mall is each time I see something new with Mall in it, I'm like. I really like this character. Maul is such a cool character. He is such a cool character. And I think we should be glad that they decided that he wasn't actually dead after (laughs) the Phantom Menace because we've gotten a lot of really great stories revolving around Maul and his tragicness and his... Yeah. His tragicness. Craziness. <laughs> I mean, it's all wrapped up into one crazy black and red package. So thank you, George Lucas, for making him not actually dead. Thank you for making because... Dave Redcon that, but not telling him how. <laughs> yes, and giving giving Filoni and the Clone Wars team the ability to to play with Maul in that context has really greatly, I think, benefited the show as a whole and Maul's character. And Star Wars in general has just been that much better yeah. because of it. Mm-hmm. It's true. Well, all right. Uh, that about does it for another Force Fan Podcast, people. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Force Fan Podcasts if you want to let us know what your thoughts are on Maul as a character or on the Son of Dathomir comic or the Darth Maul miniseries comic or the Age of Republic comic. <laughs> all of it. All basically. of it or just anything on Maul. Um, 
Tell us what you think his role is in the bigger galaxy at large. I got really philosophical and I'm here for it. I love it. Uh, if you want to hit me up directly, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Lab Pro. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cat Ray. And the next time we release an episode, we'll be. We'll be be at the end of the Clone Wars. We will have seen it and we'll just be sniffling the whole time, I'm sure. (laughs) I am bringing a box of Kleenex and yeah, be prepared for a lot of yelling and crying (laughs) because I imagine that's what most of the episode will be. (laughs) Looking forward to that mess. Anyway, so uh, in case we don't release that on May 4th, although the plan is to release it on May 4th, may the 4th be with you. And yeah, talk to you later. From Blue Lab Productions, thanks for listening to Force Fan Podcast with Adrian, Cat Ray, and John. Edited and produced by Adrian Misa with original music composed by Brooke Monroe and original art by Mitsu Overstreet. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All rights reserved. <laughs>